welcome to another audio podcast from ChristChurchChristianCenter.org. I'm going to come down here, is that okay? I'm afraid you've got to put up with me again. I was actually booked in for tonight, weeks ago, so this morning was a, a spur of the moment thing. Um, I feel a bit like a one-man band tonight. I nearly put cymbals on my knees. <clears throat> I've been praying a lot about what to speak on tonight. I wasn't given a subject. And one thing um, that is, keeps coming to my mind is about being passionate for Christ. And when we're passionate for God or passionate about something, that thing tends to consume us. So if you related that to a sport or a football, you know, you, you meet someone who's passionate about football, it comes up and their behaviour revolves around this particular thing in their life. But being passionate about Jesus is something that I can look back on in my life and think of particular seasons where, I'll be honest with you, I've been more passionate about him than I am now. And I don't know if, if that's because... I'm not doing enough of what I was doing then, although I think it's more likely that I've grown in God more and grown up a bit in him, but I'm still passionate about him. But there's always more and a deeper place to be, isn't there? Um, I can remember a particular time in my life where I, God really revealed to me about the authority we've got in Christ. Um, and it was so real. My, my dad jokes with me. He's come to support me tonight. <coughs> He jokes with me because I used to say, when I get out of bed, the devil gets worried and the demons get worried. And I used to say something along the lines of, they must be saying, oh no, Steve's up again. Because when we're asleep, we're not really, we're resting, aren't we? When we're awake, here we are, we've got the power of God in our lives and we can cause trouble for for the darkness. Um, But in, in this psalm, which I was reading um, whilst praying, Lord, what, what, where can I preach from? Where can I take this from? Um, Psalm 42 doesn't say it's written by David, but having looked up on it, a lot of people seem to think it is a psalm that David penned himself. Um, by the way, it's written. But you see here a man who's up and down, a man who is longing for God. I understand at this point um, when he wrote this, he was in a place where he was away from the things he'd known distanced from those things that he loved so much. So he was longing for them. But he comes back, he remembers what God's done for him, and he comes back and starts declaring in faith um, that he should, speaking to himself, hoping God, for I shall yet praise him, asking himself questions, why are you disquieted within me? Uh, Hoping God, I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Then he starts going on about how, why am I so cast down? And then he comes back again, saying, I will say to God, my rock. And then instantly, why have you forgotten me? But God is his rock. So even in this up and down place in his life, David, or the psalmist, whoever wrote this, clearly has an experience in God that keeps him steadfast, though he wishes he was in this place where he could passionately praise God as the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you. Oh God. So from, from that and from this thought of the ups and downs, I want us to look at uh, why getting closer to Jesus or 
if I use the term, getting more passionate about Jesus is so important for us today. Um, And thinking about those ups and downs that we've heard of, that we can be more steadfast. So whenever we see circumstances, we're not swayed by those circumstances, but faith is in us because we're close to God, yeah? Um, So he starts with thirst in this psalm. He was desperate to be where, back where he'd been. So when we get a bit distanced from the things of God, do we get thirsty? Is our natural thing to want to get back closer, or, or isn't it? I'm talking about um, desiring more, wanting to get to know him better and hear him more clearly. In Matthew 5 it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So there's a lot more that we can uh, get from God and there's a real blessing to be had in pursuing God and all that he's got for us, that we will be filled. So we can, up, we can relate to this up and down experience, I'm sure. Um, but just to point that verse out again, the Lord was his rock. So we'll come back to that a bit later. Um, so with that in mind, I wanted to look at some things that may help us in our relationship with him to stick closer, but to get deeper, to not just do what we've always done or have that relationship that we've always known, but to move beyond wherever that line is for us individually. Some of you have been um, in ministry for years and are well ahead of me where I am in my experience, but we've all got a place where we've been to, call it a line in the sand, and we all want to push beyond that and get to know God more, don't we? Um, so when, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, well, where... What are the keys to getting deeper in God? We read the Bible, we come to church, we pray. We all know these things, but are there some keys um, that will help us with this? And I started looking at Paul's letters uh, specifically because he wrote to the churches of the day and he was full of wisdom and he was full of the Spirit. And through Paul, we see great change brought to the church, great encouragement and great strength. So... I started reading through and some things stuck out to me um, when he prayed for the churches, what he prayed for the churches. And I found it interesting to see what he was including in his prayers for, for example, for the Ephesians and and in Colossians there's a a section there. So I'd just like to briefly look at those two and then pull out of that something that I think is a real key for us to grow in God and as... um, body. So I don't know if you'd like to turn, but Ephesians 3 um, verses 14 to 19. Uh, It says, Ephesians 3 verse 14, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. 
And then it goes on, now to him who is able. And then um, just a couple of verses in Colossians. Another prayer for the church there. Colossians 1, verse 9. He says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. And then it carries on. So in these two prayers alone, we see... Uh, Paul calling or praying for them that they would be strengthened with power through his spirit from the inside. Uh, That they being rooted and grounded in love may have power to grasp, which I find a really interesting way of putting it, power to grasp how wide, how long. So this understanding of the greatness of God's love for us was something that he felt necessary to explain the hugeness and the enormity of God's love and that we should know it and understand it. And to know that love, that surpasses knowledge. And then in the uh, Colossians verse, it's talking about um, filling us with the knowledge of his will through wisdom and understanding from the Spirit so that we live ple- that the way we live pleases him. About being fruitful, growing in the knowledge of God and again being strengthened with all power. And then there are some other um, prayers he prays in Ephesians and Philippians as well that uh, talk about that our eyes are enlightened to know the hope to which we're called, the riches of his inheritance and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And again, love that love may abound more and more. Um, So love is a repeated theme in these books. And being strengthened with his power was a repeated theme. And I'd like us to look for a few minutes about um, this love thing. I've mentioned it already about the the hugeness um, of it and how Paul wanted them to grasp, to understand, to, to really know the height, the length, the breadth. Yeah? Um, now in, in Romans 5 it says but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners Christ died for us now that has to in itself be the biggest example of love that we could find for in, in God towards us um, this is agape love affection, goodwill love, benevolence, brotherly love this is a love that is a two-way thing between us, between us and him. And it goes on in a second, we'll look at uh, loving each other too. So I started asking questions, why, why does Paul make such a big deal about us understanding this love thing? And um, the text itself answers it because it says, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. So this has to be a key for us. To be filled with the fullness of God, we have to understand, we have to grasp 
the enormity of God's love, but not just to understand it, but to know it. And it seems to um, differentiate between grasping and actually knowing. But I don't know about you, but I want to be filled with the fullness of God. And clearly I'm not. So we need to understand more about God's love for us. And we need to seek after it. Um, I, I wanted to just quickly pick out a couple of things Jesus said about um, said to us about love. In John 15, he says in verse 12, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. There's a lot of other things, but just that point there. And then in 1 John chapter 4, it's just full of this idea of us loving each other and loving God and God living in us and his love is made complete in us. In verse 16 of 1 John 4 it says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. So if God is love, there's, there's something in this that is much bigger than just God is love and that we need to love each other and be kind to each other. We can get the fullness of God if we grasp what it is that uh, the verses here are saying. So we're commanded to love each other, and it's a sign in John 13, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So as we love each other... The, by this they will know. So let's get loving each other, if we're not already, and let's get loving God even more than we are. I know everyone here, I mean, you, you guys are much more experienced at this than me, aren't you? Um, coming back to our ups and downs, the more we know him, the more passionate we will be for him. I think that's fair, because... There's nothing that isn't good about God, is there? If we can grasp and know God's love, we're getting to know God, for God is love. And then he will truly be our rock in our ups and downs. When we read about David or whoever wrote the psalm, he had his ups and downs, but the Lord was his rock. And the Lord is our rock. Now, there's something that came to me while I was preparing this that I want to put to us. Think about this statement for a minute. This isn't from the Bible, this is from, uh, from me. Our Christianity shouldn't depend on our church, our ministry, our friendships, our abilities, or anything else. It should depend on Christ and him only. Now, before I unpack that, I'll confess to you, there have been times when I've just really struggled with church over the years. Sorry, Ralph. And um, it's, I'll tell you what's really kept me going, apart from the people, the fact that I had a job to do meant I couldn't skip church. So it was very, almost impossible for me to not bother to come. Because if I, if I didn't come, I'd be dropping Ralph in it or dropping somebody else in it. So my ministry, as it were, or God's ministry that he chose to give me, helped me in my downs. But I think as we grow in God, 
it needs to move away from the things that we do to Jesus so that those things don't have anything to do with us. So our Christianity shouldn't depend on dot, dot, dot. If Jesus is number one, if our love for him is deep, if pleasing him becomes our priority, everything else has less influence on our reactions and our behaviour. Now, God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. But we know things change. Ralph's retired. It's really nice to have you here so I can pick on you. If my Christianity depended on the pastor, whoever it might be, I'm in trouble. Because pastors come and go, as we, we well know. But our faith is in God, not in our preference. Um, times change, fashions change, worship styles change, the ages are changing, everything out there is changing and the way it's done is changing. You know, we, um, for our Easter service, we did Facebook, we did Twitter, we did all this stuff, which is a real load of rubbish, but times have changed. And, and those changes aren't unsettling me because my feet are on the rock. And my dislike of those things shouldn't unsettle me because my faith's in God. And um, I, I just challenge us, if these things move us, then we must ask ourselves, if he is our rock, are both, our, both of our feet set firmly on the rock? Because when things come up in church life or life in general, which it's easy for me to say this, but let's face it, things come up and it's really tough. Which is why I picked that psalm, because David, or whoever wrote that, knew hard times. And um, we've, we've got to be, or find ourselves in that place where our rock is so firm that a change of something, a change of pastor, or a, or a change of, you know, if God said, I don't want you doing this uh, worship anymore, that's, that's got to... I've got to keep coming to church because of God, not because of my job. Do you know what I mean? So the closer we are to him, the less moved we will become when things around us change. And change is a part of life, isn't it? So let's put our focus on the end goal and not the journey between where we are now and where we want to get. So just to close, I'm just... This is all I've got, so I'm not going to try and string it out. To close, what can we do to become more passionate for Christ? Well, the psalm said, as the deer pants, there was a real thirst. Now, we drink the water that Jesus gives us, which means we don't thirst. But let's get deeper into God. Spend time in prayer and the Word. Seek after him. These are things that we know to do. Get filled with the Spirit. If, if you haven't been baptised, you've all been baptised in the Spirit. You? If you haven't, I'll look this way, come and get prayed for. Fruit will come. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If you read all of those lists against the things that change in church life and the things that change in life, actually, if we've got all of those fruits, we won't be moved by them. So let's get filled with the Spirit and seek after that fruit which comes. Strength against temptation. Doesn't matter how old you are, the devil comes knocking, doesn't he? 
Galatians 5, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh if we're walking in the Spirit. So let's seek after the Spirit of God and to walk in him. Put off the old man and put on the new, it says in Ephesians. That can be hard. It shouldn't be, but it can be. Let's put off the old man when he rises his ugly head. Prayer. I notice in Ephesians that the armour of God is something that um, he says put on. So it's easy sometimes to seek God and say, Lord, we do this, we do this. But actually, he said, you do this. So we've got to be proactive in our faith and put that armour on. Not every day, it's on. Let's use it. Let's use the sword and use the word and stir up the gifts that God's put within us. It says in Timothy. So we can do that by praying in the Spirit. And just to finish, come boldly, obtain mercy and find help in times of need, it says in Hebrews. Obtain mercy and find help. So our help is in God, but we need to come boldly. And the last one, gather together. Don't stop coming to church and meeting together. It's in the Bible, Hebrews. So I would encourage you, um, if I may, to read Ephesians and Colossians. It's been a real blessing to me to study these books, to, to prepare this tonight. You can read it and read it and read it and pull it, and there's just little nuggets of truth. That however many times you read it, there's just some, something comes out of it. And I, I pray this prayer. Those two prayers I read from Ephesians and Colossians, I pray them. So here's, here's an example of one of them in my own words. Lord, I pray that I may have power. Let's put it for all of us. Lord, we pray that we may have power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know your love that passes, surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. In the name of Jesus, Lord. We can pray that, make it personal. And let's do more than we've done. Challenge us and me. Let's do more than we've done to get closer to Jesus, to God, to love him and to love each other as he loves us. And just to the last, last thing I want to say, 1 Corinthians 16 says this, verse 13, Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong, let all that you do be done with love. Amen. I wonder, um,